Holy Father in heaven, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for giving us the privilege to be among the living. We do recognize, Lord, that it is not because of our goodness or our righteousness, but in your great, great love and your great mercy, you have deemed it fit to give us life. Lord, we say thank you. We give our lives back to you today and ask that you consecrate us to your service. Our words, our actions, our thoughts, that they all may give glory to you. We ask, Lord, that you grant us of your spirit even now as we go through our morning devotion. We pray, Father, that the words we will hear shall sanctify us, and in turn, you will give us words that will speak to sanctify those who will be listening. Thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Our High Calling, May 1. Prayer, the channel of all blessings. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. Matthew chapter 21, verse 22. Prayer is the breath of the soul, the channel of all blessings. As with a realization of the needs of humanity, with a feeling of self-loathing, the repentant soul offers its prayer. God sees its struggles, watches its conflicts, and marks its sincerity. He has his finger upon its pulse, and he takes note of every throb. Not a feeling trills it, not an emotion agitates it, not a sorrow shades it, not a sin stains it, not a thought or purpose moves it, of which he is not cognizant. That soul was purchased at an infinite cost, and is loved with a devotion that is unalterable. Christ our Savior had bodily wants to be supplied, bodily weariness to be relieved. It was by prayer to his Father that he was braced for duty and for trial. Day by day, he followed his round of duty seeking to save souls. His heart went out in tender sympathy for the weary and heavy laden, and he spent whole nights in prayer in behalf of the tempted ones. The Christian is given the invitation to carry his burdens to God in prayer and to fasten himself closely to Christ by the cords of living faith. The Lord authorizes us to pray, declaring that he will hear the prayers of those who trust in his infinite power. He will be honored by those who draw nigh to him, who faithfully do his service. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusted in thee. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3 The arm of omnipotence is outstretched to guide us and lead us onward and still onward. Go forward, the Lord says. I understand the case, and I will send you help. 
continue to pray. Have faith in me. It is for my name's glory that you ask and you shall receive. I will be honored before those who are watching critically for your failure. They shall see the truth triumph gloriously. All things whatsoever ye ask in prayer, believing ye shall receive. True faith, true prayer, how strong they are. Amen. The title of our devotion is Prayer, the Channel of All Blessings. And God will have us understand that indeed, if we must receive things from Him, then we should ask Him for the things He has promised. It is inevitable that any Christian who is fighting the battles of life would have to learn what it means to pray the prayer of faith. We have been looking at the topic of faith and now we are going to be looking at prayer. When we read the book of Ephesians chapter 6, reading from verse 12, we are told that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against spiritual wickedness, rulers of this world in high places. And we are told, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to stand, and having done all to stand, stand therefore with your loins get about with the truth and then the weapons of our warfare is, is listed there the loins get about with the truth the breastplate of righteousness the helmet of salvation the shoes of the gospel and then in verse 16 it says and above all this the shield of faith and we are told that the shield of faith is what we will use to quench the fiery darts of the enemy but we are then told after that that we should pray. You see, prayer and faith are two things that go together. In verse 16, we are told, above all this, that's above all the other weapons that has been listed, that one that is above all, like we saw, is prayer, is faith, sorry. We saw that in yesterday's devotion that even when we have all the offensive weapons, our enemy is such a strong enemy that no matter how you use your offensive weapons, no, no problem. But when he does his own attack on you, your offensive weapons may not be able to save you. And that is why you need that defense, which is the shield of faith. One attack from our enemy is able to sweep us off our feet by just one swipe. And if we do not have the shield of faith, we will not be able to defend ourselves against his fiery darts. What are the darts? Temptations, suggestions of doubts, persecutions. They are all the fiery darts of the enemy. And if we do not have faith, we will not be able to stand. And in verse 18, it says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. So, another weapon is prayer but the thing is that prayer is something that must always go with faith and that's why our key text for today in matthew 21 verse 22 says and all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing ye shall receive 
But before that, I would like to read verse 21 of that Matthew chapter 21. So Matthew 21, 21 says, Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do this which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, it shall be done. And all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing ye shall have, ye shall receive it. Now, what does it mean here? I just want to put the prayer in context. Our key text, of course, is Matthew eleven twenty-two. But that prayer being referred to there is a prayer of faith. There is languid prayers. There are languid prayers. There are half-hearted prayers. We will see that subsequently in our other devotions from now till the tenth of this month. We'll talk about those things later. But the prayer that works is the prayer of faith, which Jesus is referring to here. That is, when you are praying, you must not doubt. You must believe that that thing you are asking for, you will receive it. But this is not the only Bible text. We are also told that you should not ask amiss in the book of James chapter 4. Reading from verse 1 to 4. In verse 3, it says, You ask and you receive not because you ask that you may consume it upon your lust you ask amiss that you you may consume it upon your lust so it is possible for us to pray and not receive what we ask for if we are asking for our own pleasures not for what god has asked us to uh, that he promised to give us not for what he has promised so when we are asking things from god it must be in faith and remember that faith takes hold of god's word so you cannot ask for something that is not contained in the word of god you must ask in faith not in presumption a man goes into a lion's den and says he believes that god is going to deliver him and he quotes matthew 21 verse 22 and all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer believing you shall receive now this man believes that god will deliver him from the lion's den and he enters you and i both know what will happen to him the lions will destroy him because that is not a prayer of faith a prayer of faith must go along with the word of god and must depend on the word of god because that's what faith is to believe the word to depend on it that it will do what it says and then you ask based on the word so when we are being presumptuous we ask for things that god has not promised to give no matter how we believe in our hearts we will not receive that thing because we are asking wrongly we must ask in faith that is ask for what god has promised to give not what he has not promised to give there are examples in the word of god of people who are overly zealous zealous and believing god will do this or that for them and then they ask in faith but yet the results are terrible a very good example is the story of the children of israel when they were under the ruler the the, the uh, the guidance of Eli, who was a high priest, and his children, Hophni and Phinehas, were unruly boys who were uh, profaning the temple of God and doing a lot of evil things. God despised what they were doing and even despised Israel. They wanted to go and fight against the Philistines. And when they went to fight, they were defeated. And after being defeated, Hophni and Phinehas went to carry the ark of the Lord, believing that as they have carried the ark and go to fight with that ark, they would destroy the Philistines and even the Philistines became afraid. With the ark with them and they went to fight, 
what was the result? The Bible says that the Philistines so destroyed them utterly. Hophni and Phinehas died in that battle. But these men had faith. They so-called. Let me not say they had faith. They believed. But what were they believing on? They were believing in their own mind that they would they, they would get the victory. They didn't have faith. Because to have faith is to depend on God's word. You must have God's word telling you go. And in that word, you depend on the word that said go. And because he said go, you go. Just like uh, Peter, when he had been fishing all night and he had not caught any fish, there was no point in him believing and saying, oh, I will catch. He didn't believe. He stopped fishing and was about going his way until Jesus told him, let down your net. And Peter's response was, all night I have been fishing and I have not caught anything. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. So depending on Jesus' word, he dropped his net and he caught a lot of fish so much that the net broke. And even the, 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 the fish they were catching, okay, the fish they, were, they got into the boat made the boat about to sink, not that the net broke actually. So what we see from there is that Peter depended on God's word and in faith on that word, he did what he was told to do. And that is what it means to have faith. So the prayer of faith must depend on God's word and ask for the things that God has promised. So today, I'd like to talk about our situation as we find ourselves as humans. At times, we see ourselves falling into sin. And the sin we have fallen into overwhelms us and we keep going deeper and deeper into sin and we are covered with covered with clouds of darkness. The devil drags us with the cords of sin and it seems as though God has for, forgotten us and left us. You see, if there's any time to exercise faith and to give that prayer of faith, it is when you are in temptation and also if you fall into sin. Because you must not fall. But if you do, that time it is very difficult for people to pray. Many people feel that they want to stay away from God for a while. And after they stayed away from Him for a while so that He has forgotten what they did, then they will come closer to him but this is not the right way we are told to come near to god in prayer where should i have faith 1 john 2 verse 1 my little children these things write i unto you that ye sin not but if any man sin we have an advocate with the father jesus the righteous and he is the propitiation for our sins and not for us only but for the whole world also we must understand that in that time when we have separated ourselves from God through our sins, that is the time to pray. Not later. Then when you sin against God, then is when you should pray. Don't run away from God because you need Him at that time. Every time you run away, we have you, you, you see that you will sin more against God. And the thing is that sin does something to us and the devil so clouds our mind that we start to have a wrong picture of God. We forget that Jesus loves us. We forget that he died for our sins. We forget that his blood, he shed it to save us from this same sin that we are falling into. And we start to think he is angry with us. He is offended. He has left us. And we start to feel hopeless and despondent. But is it true? We need to understand in faith that no matter how the devil tries to paint that picture about God to us, the truth about God is contained in his word. And what is the truth about God when we sin? The truth is that what he did to Adam and Eve is what he wants to do to us. He comes looking after us. 
he wants to save he doesn't want to condemn john 3 16 says for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him will not perish what kind of perishing perish in their sins but have everlasting life are you in sin do you feel that the lord has neglected you or has forgotten you do you feel that your sins are too many that the lord would have nothing to do with you that is just a feeling it is not the truth the truth is that god so loved you that he sent his son to die for you and the truth is that jesus so loved you that he shed his blood on calvary for your sins how then can someone who have gone so far leave you at this moment will it not be a waste of his blood will it not be a failed project do you think he wants his project to fail if the project fails it's because you did not cooperate with him and not because he gave up on you it is a lie that when you sin god gives up on us or is angry with us or turns his back from us and is not willing to help us and we need to beg and beg him so that he can get interested in us again no that is the picture the devil paints but that is not the truth in the first paragraph of our devotion today we read prayer is the breath of the soul that the channels of all blessings as with a realization of the needs of humanity with a feeling of self-loathing the repentant soul offers its prayer god sees its struggles watches its conflicts and marks its sincerity he has his finger upon its paws and he takes note of every throb. Not a feeling thrills it, not an emotion agitates it, not a sorrow shades it, not a sin stains it, not a thought or purpose moves it, of which he is not cognizant. That soul was purchased at an infinite cost and is loved with a devotion that is unalterable. What soul is this? The soul of Job and Noah and Daniel, the soul of Jesus, the people who are righteous and holy. No, this is the soul of the sinner, the sinner who is sincerely repentant and is looking for help. See, even though we are sincerely repentant, that doesn't mean that we have overcome our sins. We need power. We need grace from God. And what God sees is our sincerity. And he loves us nevertheless. And this is the right picture to paint in your mind so that you can, with faith, come to God and not run away from Him. Page 127, paragraph 4 says, The arm of omnipotence is outstretched to guide us and lead us onward and still onward. Go forward, the Lord says. I understand the case and I will send you help. Continue to pray. Have faith in me. It is for my name's glory that you ask and you shall receive. I will be honored before those who are watching critically for your failure. They shall see the truth triumph gloriously. All things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Amen. This is the true picture to paint for a sinner. Understand that you are not a runaway from God, but in faith lay hold of the promises of God. What are the promises? 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So you are not being presumptuous here when you come to God and ask him to forgive you. Don't run away from him. His word has already spoken. Depend on that word. Pray in faith. That is, pray quoting that passage. That is what it means to pray in faith. You go on your knees, quote that passage and say, Lord, this is what you have said. And it's because of this that I am coming to you. 
please grant to me that which you have promised that you will give to those who ask you. And the, the promise is that God will give to you what he has asked. And it is your duty to believe that what he said he will do, he will actually do what he said he will give, he will give. And once you have asked, believe that you have received it. That is, rise up from that prayer right there. Believe that he has given you what he said he will give you. Forgiveness is not something tangible, material, that we can hold on to and say, okay, he has given me forgiveness. He said he will give you forgiveness, so believe that he has given to you. What else did he say he will give? He will cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He will give you power to live above that sin. It is now your duty to believe that he has given you just that. What other promise do we have from God? Micah chapter 7, reading from verse 18, says, Who is a God? like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Amen. This is a promise from God too. You can now believe this. This is what it means to pray in faith. Believe this thing you read now that God has said. That he is not angry. That he rather delights in mercy. That he will have compassion on you. Believing this, go in faith and ask. What else should we believe? In the book of James chapter 5, reading from verse 12, verse 11 rather, it says, Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercy. Do you believe the Lord is very pitiful, or do you believe that he is a very angry person? That is your sin, that is blinding you, that is making you think that the Lord hates you and and wants to destroy you. How can someone who has died on the cross for you just give up the project like that and say, I'm tired of you? If he does that, who is losing? It is himself. He doesn't want that. He has already purchased you and he wants what he has purchased. If you buy something and the thing, you've already spent money. You've given out the money. Now it's time to receive what you paid for. Would you not collect it? The Lord has used his blood already. He has already slain himself. He has already given his blood. To not receive you, no matter how bad you are, to not receive you, on his part will be an unwise decision because he has already paid the price so he wants you to come regardless of how bad you are the reason he even did it was so that he can collect you as bad as you are and make a good thing out of you so don't run away from god in the book of psalms chapter 103 reading from verse 8 it says the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and plenteous or abundant in mercy he will not always chide neither will he keep his anger forever he has not dealt with us after our sins nor rewarded us according to our iniquities for as the heaven is high above the earth so great is his mercy towards them that fear him as far as the east is from the west so far had he removed our transgression from us Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. In light of these words, it is our duty to believe and pray the prayer of faith. Ask for forgiveness of sins. Ask for power to live a life of righteousness. Anything you ask for, 
that will glorify God. The Lord will give it to you, but you must believe. Prayer indeed is the door to receive blessings from God because it is by prayer that you show whether you believe that God can do what he says he will do. You see, prayer is not to inform God about your needs. He knows already. But he cannot give them to to us unless he sees that we understand our need and also we have faith in him to supply that need. Prayer is a sign, is the evidence to show that one, you believe and two, you have recognized your need. When somebody has not recognized their need, if you give to them that which they need, will they take it? No, they will not because they feel they don't need it. So no matter how God wants to bless us, because somebody may be asking, what is the point in prayer when God knows what we need already? Now, this is the point. The point is, you also today, if you go and give somebody something that they think they do not need, what would they say? They will reject it. If you give somebody an advice and they think that they don't need that advice, would they carry out your advice? No, they will not. So also with God, no matter how he knows what I need and what you need, if he gives it to us, we will not receive it. So prayer is an acknowledgement from us showing that we have realized our need one and two prayer is also not just any kind of prayer the prayer of faith not the language type but the earnest persevering prayer is also an evidence not just that we have realized our need but that we also believe and trust that god can supply our needs and when you pray realizing your need and pray that earnest persevering prayer god will do for us what he has said he will do may we take advantage of these blessings is my prayer amen A line that says, prayer is the breath of the soul. What a statement. If you attempt to hold back your breath, or let me hold back my breath, in less than 20 minutes, I'll have irreparable brain damage, even possible death. Then, what will happen if I cease to breathe for 24 hours, or 48 hours, or 4 days? Decay and death disintegration begins so you see why we are told to pray without season to breathe without season a prayerless Christian is a breathless one the question now is are you breathing am I breathing take some deep refreshing breath your soul's life depends on it the reading brings out in the fourth paragraph says that the Christian is given the invitation to carry his burdens to God in prayer, to fasten himself closely to Christ by the cords of living faith. The Lord authorizes us to pray. You see, there is an authority. He authorizes us to pray, declaring that he will hear the prayers of those who trust in him and trust in his finite power. So a Christian who neglects to pray, a Christian who feels they have no need to pray, they're also saying invariably that they have no sins to confess, they have no need of a savior. Friends, that is self-righteousness. I'll read from Christ's Object Lessons, page 158. It says, but we must have a knowledge of ourselves, a knowledge that will result in contrition before we can find pardon and peace. The Pharisee felt no conviction of sin. The Holy Spirit could not walk with him. His soul was encased in a self-righteous armor, which the arrows of God 
barbed with true aimed by the angel's hands failed to penetrate. It is only he who knows himself to be a sinner that Christ can save. He came to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sights to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The Lord says, Only acknowledge thine iniquity that thou hast transgressed against the Lord thy God. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you, and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. The reading also said in the third paragraph, day by day he followed his round of duty, seeking to save souls. His heart went out in tender pity for the weary and heavy laden, and he spent whole nights in prayer in behalf of the tempted ones. This reading brings to light many wonderful themes, love and sacrifice, hearts of tender pity. It is terrible that my temptations give my Redeemer sleepless nights, that when we are sleeping, He is awake to our dangers. And beloved, to tell you the truth, Jesus is still doing the same thing today. We see Him in Revelation walking in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. We see him with constant watchful diligence, moving from congregation to congregation, from heart to heart. The family of heaven and the family of earth are one. For us, our Lord ascended, and for us he lives. I go to prepare a place for you, he said. In Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25, he said, Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost, that comes unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercessions for them. He is alive. The one purpose for his living is that he is constantly seeking to save you and I. Our names are on his heart. How can I save them? That's his whole desire. He will empty all heaven to send help for one tempted soul who flees to him. He has qualified himself to be not only man's representative but his advocate so that every soul if he will may say I have a friend at court a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our, my infirmity Christ in his sanctuary page 67 in Christ's object lesson again 157 it says he will look upon no trembling suppliant without raising him up he who through his own atonement provided for man an infinite form of moral power will not fail to empty this power to employ this power in our behalf he may take our sins and sorrows to his feet for he loves us his every look and word invites our confidence. He will shape and mold our characters according to his own will. Beloved, we are called to pray, to pray without season. It says, he will be honored by those who draw nigh to him, who faithfully do his service. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, those who 
whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee Isaiah 26 verse 3 the arm of omnipotent is outstretched to guide us and lead us onward and still onward God is willing to help us and we must go to him in prayer for this Christian experience cannot we cannot gain the victory over what the sins that beset us without praying we must seek help from Jesus through prayer may this week our experience through Jesus Christ our Lord amen let us pray our Heavenly Father we thank you we say blessed be to thy holy name we thank you for your word this morning we thank you for the light that is shining from the cross that calls us back to the place of prayer thank you for reminding us that when life will sweep us of our feet that we have to land on our knees and continue in prayer and stay and hold upon thee with living faith until we receive the promises oh lord help us that even though we might seem to be busy that we may create times and guard jealously those times of prayer and study help us oh lord to continue in prayer this is our prayer through christ our lord amen